0: Hi there! This is the PowerPoint tribe, where our vibe is faith, and our food is the word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged. Through the teachings of God's word and the ministry of the Spirit. Yeah. Amen Amen. and amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you excited to be in God's presence this morning? I need some excitement online right now. <laughs> the Lord is about to visit you with His word. He's about to visit with his word, he's about to come to your corner with his word wherever you are. The word of God is about to hit you in the name of Jesus. Brigade, for we do not the brethren and the men brethren and the brethren the spirit himself the intercessions for us with groanings the cannot be uttered for he the searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit and the he and the one the the that makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. He makes intercessions accurately. He makes intercessions targetedly. In the name of Jesus. As the Holy Ghost gives you utterance, can you begin to pray in the spirit right now? How to speak wisdom among them that are perfect, not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world which come to naught but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, none of which the princes of this world knew, for they known it. There was not a the Lord of glory for it is written eyes have not seen ears have not heard it has not even entered into the heart of any man that things the Lord has in plan in storm prepared for them that love him for the Lord has revealed that to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yeah, 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 that deep things of God for one man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man that is in him even so no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God that is in him for we have received not the spirit that is of the world but the spirit that is of God that we may know Things that are freely given unto us of God. These things we speak, not with the words that man's wisdom teaches, but with that which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing, comparing spiritual with spiritual, comparing spiritual with spiritual for a natural man cannot receive anything of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them through their spiritual discern. But a spiritual man judges all things yet he himself. He's judged of no man, for who has got the mind of Christ, that he may instruct him, we have we have the mind of Christ we enter into that space we enter into that frequency of the mind of Christ by praying in the spirit we get into that frequency we get into that flow we get into that space where God can communicate with us in the same frequency where he can speak to our hearts and we can receive it at that level Father we give you praise we give you glory we give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, boy. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you so Such a joy to be in your presence and just flow with your spirit. Your sweet Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. But, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Alright? You're doing more building than you can ever assume or understand when you pray in the Spirit. You're building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the spirit amen and amen there's this this song that's been on my heart for several months now the lord has used that song to encourage my heart all right and i'd like us to just you know sing that song with grace in our hearts you would always be my god Mm. the song of commitment you would always you would always be my god because no one no one can father me like you no one no one can father me like you, can you sing that with boldness? You would always be my God. Mm-hmm. You would always be my God. And you would always be my God. Because no one, no one. And father me like you no one, no one, no one, no one no one no one can father me like you. We're gonna sing that song once again. I'm gonna replace father with shepherd. You see that? So you would always
1: you would always
0: be my god you would always be my god because no one no one can separate me like you no one no one can shepherd me like you can just say some things to the lord this morning just thank him for how he fathers you thank him for how he shepherds you thank him for how he's been so good to you he's so good he's so good he would always be your god no one can father him like you like he does No one can father you like he does. The enemy wants you to believe that he is a better father than God is. He wants you to believe that situations and circumstances are better caretakers than God is. He wants you to believe that the government is a better father than God is. But the truth is no one can father you like God is. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Hallelujah, glory to God forever. Amen, amen. Slap your e-neighbor high five and say glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. It's such a joy to be in God's presence once again this morning and to be with you as I share God's word with you. And I do believe strongly that the Lord will inspire your heart and bless you richly as you pay attention to the things he has to share with you this morning father we thank you we give you praise for the gift of life we thank you for the gift of righteousness we give you praise for the gift of the son of god who you have given as a ransom for our souls we give you thanks We give you praise we give you glory for the gift of your son the lamb of god that takes away the sins of the world thank you, Father, because because of him On his stead, we can approach the throne of grace and say we are coming into the presence of God. It was an affront in time past. It was something that was an impossibility before, but thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the blood of the lamb because we draw near with that blood. Thank you Father for drawing us near with your blood. We give you praise and glory. Accept our thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. As we go into your word this morning, we pray that everyone is lifted, blessed, edified, strengthened and encouraged by the power of your spoken word in the name of Jesus. The words that I'll be speaking Lord, they'll not just be information to the ears, of illumination to the heart's illumination empowerment and inspiration in the name of jesus father we give you praise and we give you glory for in jesus precious name we have prayed amen amen and amen Amen. so i started a brand new series this morning by the grace of god and it's titled the chronicles of a shepherd boy (laughs) the chronicles of a shepherd boy Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. and amen. Uh, and if you're familiar with scripture, if you read through the scriptures, you realize that God is a is fond of using metaphors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've observed that, but God is fond of using metaphors. He will say, I'm the lion the tribe of Judah. He said, say, Jesus is the bread of life. He will say, the Holy Spirit is the oil of joy. You know, he will use things to represent himself. Or you use animals. He, you see, it's amazing how he, he uses things and animals and concepts apart from what we're used to, to explain dimensions about himself. And so there is something I want you to learn. If he says it's the bread of life, there is something you want you to learn about that concept being the bread of life that you may not be able to get if he just tells you uh, and you're God. You see, he's our God, he's our Father, but you see, in some context, he uses some metaphors so we can get a specific revelation about himself through that thing. And so he says, go to these ants, go to these things, go to these areas, go to this place, and you'll learn something unique about me that otherwise you may never have learned. And so when the Bible uses the word shepherd, it, it's unique to that context of shepherdry. It's unique That is, there is something you need to learn about God that only a shepherd can expose to you. There is something you need to learn about God that only a shepherd cannot expose to you. And you see, talking about metaphors, you see why God says, I am the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's talking about territorial integrity. He's talking about the fierceness of his ability to protect his own. Because the lion is a territorial animal. And so he roars to mark his territory. As a matter of fact, lions wee around their territory. Which sends a signal to every other lion around that space that do not trespass beyond the region. Once you trespass, you face the wrath of my fierceness, of my anger. And so the lion roars to guard his territory. So in the context of fierceness, in the context of protection, in the context of boldness, God exposes himself as the lion. And the lion is known by his territory. You see, and so that's why when he uses the word lion, he attaches a territory to it. But you see, when it comes to being a lamb, a lamb, a sheep is known by its owner. Praise God! A sheep is known by its territory. A sheep is known by its owner, and so you see things like the Lamb of God, the Sheep of His Pastures. You see, because the Lamb does not have an identity of its own. A lamb is known by its owner. A lamb doesn't have an identity of its own. A lamb could, but a lamb counts. And so when he uses the word shepherd, he's using, it, he's using it in a context that is very intricate, that explains how he relates with you as the lamb, as his sheep in his pastures. And so there are things you need to understand about the shepherd nature of God that would help you understand exactly what God is saying when he says, I am your shepherd. You would understand what David mentioned in Psalms twenty three, verse 1, when David speaking said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. It's not just a flimsy statement, it's a statement born out of revelation knowledge. He didn't just say that statement because it was a nice thing to say, he said it because there was something important to glean from the shepherd nature of God. And who is better to explain to us the shepherd nature of God than David himself, who was not just a shepherd himself, he was both a shepherd, alright, and also a shepherd's boy. Hmm. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying He was both a shepherd to a, a group of sheep, and then he was not only a shepherd, he was not a boy to a shepherd, he was a lamb in another context of a sheepfold. He was not a shepherd alone, he was as much as he was a shepherd to some people, he was also a sheep to a shepherd. and so the revelation of shepherdry is so strong in David's heart because it's not just something he relates with abstractly, casually. he leaves out the shepherd nature of God in the context of his own experience. While he's in the backside of the desert, you know, shepherding those few sheep and ewes, according to the 78. And then eventually went ahead to start shepherding the children of Israel. And it's amazing how in Ezekiel chapter 34, God began to rebuke shepherds, talking about how they've plundered his people, how they've taken the best of the flock, how they've got themselves so fast, how they've, you know, taken advantage of the people of God instead of feeding those people and protecting them. And he was rebuking the shepherds. And he said, you know what, I'm going to set a new shepherd over them. And you're the only man that pops up. He says, David is my ideal shepherd. He says, David is the guy that I can trust with my people. And so David has a revelation about the shepherd nature of God that nobody has. He has something unique about his understanding about the shepherd nature of God that perhaps we really are finding it difficult to understand, especially in our time and day. And it's important to pay attention to what the shepherd himself, who also equals as a shepherd boy. (laughs) It was a shepherd boy who had people under him, and it was a shepherd's boy that had a shepherd over him. Praise the name of the Lord. And this entire series has two primary purposes. The first thing is to help you understand and learn how to meditate. Mm, Yeah. It's to help you understand how to meditate. David was one of those few guys in scripture who taught us how to meditate. (laughs) Without meditation, David would would have just died depressed. He would have just killed himself. Can you imagine, you know, his mother's name was not mentioned in scripture because historians have it that his mother was, you know, a baby mama. You understand that kind of thing. You know, she was not mentioned in scripture. We only know about his father. And so perhaps his other brothers were from his the ideal wife, you see. And so David was not the most, you know, noble child in that sense. And that's why when the biggest celebrity in the land of Israel, prophet Samuel himself, entered into the house of JC and said, present all your sons. he was not willing and excited to present a David. As a matter of fact, he sent him out into the wilderness for <laughs> literally all the time. So. He was never really around because he was shepherding the flock. And he shepherded them so well with so much grace and integrity in his heart. And you he would wonder, who is paying you for this? Nobody. He was learning how to be a shepherd. all right. And so when Samuel came and said, is this, are these all your sons? And he said, well, there's one there in the backside of the desert. And then he goes ahead to call him. And Samuel says, you know, nobody sitting there until this guy shows up. And then David, of course, came and then he was anointed king over Israel as a 17-year-old shepherd boy. All right, so David didn't have the confidence of his father He didn't have the presence of his mother He didn't have the love of his brethren Who exactly was around David to encourage him? There was nobody He had only a couple of sheep And his friends, literally he, he, Those were his guys Those were his gang That was where he went to have fun That was how he was learning That was what he, what he was doing every single day And in those moments What he was learning was how to Meditate how to meditate you see he had become one with that sheepfold that he was so in tune with them in touch with them That even when he got an appointment to the palace he still went back to those sheepfolds and kept taking care of them as much as he possibly could he had gone, gone so he had gotten so attached and emotionally attached to those sheepfolds. this was david who did have anybody to encourage him imagine if you had a son who went to take care of your ship your ship not his ship your ship and he came the first day and says, Daddy, I saw a lion today. I fought the lion. I delivered the, the lamb out of the paws of the lion. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened today. <laughs> if, if you are the father, what would you tell your son to do? Will you send him back to that same desert the next day so he can get to be killed by a bear? That was exactly what was happening. With all these wilderness exploits that I was sharing with his parents, they could care less. He was as good as a dead boy. That was how valueless he was in the context of a family system. But there was a shepherd over him. There was someone who took care of him better than any father could. There was someone who took better care of him than a mother could, than a father could, than some big brothers could. There was a shepherd over him and he understood that. And because of the revelation of the shepherd that he had, he shepherded the sheep also under him. Because of the revelation of the shepherd that he had in his heart. He had the capacity to now shepherd those under him. And he did it with integrity and with skill. Oh, oh, so when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, it's beyond a statement of casual importance. It is deep. When he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He knows what he's saying. What does he mean? You see it's the most popular chapter in the entire bible that's one chapter of the bible that a lot of pagans even know from a to z (laughs) of course john 16 is the undoubted most popular verse in the entire scripture psalms 23 is the most popular and most recited chapter in the entire bible what makes it connect with us so much because you see metaphors like judge king god lawgiver they are distant So when God wants to tell you how much of a judge he is, he tells you I'm your judge, I'm your lawgiver. I will come and descend with judgment, by mouth with sword, and all of those interesting things. And then you see him as, oh, the guy that I think about when I do wrong, the guy that makes me feel convicted about my sins. And then when you think about him as the king, the guy that deserves your honor and reverence, you think of him in that regard. But when it comes to shepherd, it's something we can relate with. It's our everyday reality. We need a shepherd of our lives. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so there's something he connects with beyond what we can even imagine. That's why that chapter is so powerful. And it's so easy to remember because it connects with the intrinsic nature of our lives as sheep in his pastures. But guess what? In that chapter, in that verse, Psalms 23 verse 1, there are two powerful Dimensions that David is exposing to us there. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The, the, the first is the premise, the other is the promise. And so he says, The Lord is my shepherd. If that is established in my heart, the consequence of that establishment of that revelation in my heart is that I can never want. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. It's impossible for you to have an understanding of the God that you serve being your shepherd, and you still in the same breath want. It doesn't work. You you can't combine it. The Lord cannot be your shepherd, and in the same day you're wanting. It doesn't work like that. You see, if you're wanting, it's because there's a the revelation gap. In your understanding about the shepherd nature of God, if you really understand how much of a shepherd God is, if you understand how much of a shepherd God is, there is no way a want will creep into your mindset. You see, He is not there to gratify all your desires and Mm lusts, but every of your need will be met. You will not beg bread. You can't beg bread because I've been young and now old. I have never, I've observed everyone who understood that God was their shepherd never seen the righteous forsaken nor received begging bread. And so sometimes if we say to God, why I need this, I need that, perhaps there is a revelation gap in our understanding of the shepherd nature of God. And that's why we are seeing needs and wants as a feedback of our lack of understanding. Perhaps those things are telling us, maybe you don't understand enough that God is your shepherd. Mm. Maybe you you don't understand enough that this God we're talking about, he is not just your God. He's not just your judge. He's not just your lawgiver. He's not just the one that will save you. He's your shepherd. He is my shepherd. And the consequence of that revelation. Establishing in my heart. Is that I cannot want. Is that I cannot want. But you see. The, the power of that covering in your life. That a shepherd provides over your life. Is dependent on two factors. The immutability. Of the strength and character of your shepherd. Who is God. And the variableness of your submission to him. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see, that God is your shepherd and you don't want, is dependent on two factors. One of the factors is a constant. The other is a variable. The constant is the immutability of the strength and the character of God, who is your shepherd, and then the variableness of your submission. And so, if there is a challenge in the want, if there is a challenge in your life where there is a major need and God is not seeming to supply, or you're not getting perspective that is superior to the answer to the things that you're asking for, you see, it is because there is something significantly lacking in your submission to the shepherd. Because, you see, the difference between the normal sheep and we, the sheep of his pastures, is that the sheep even though he has a wheel, he has almost a passive, dysfunctional Use of his wheel. A sheep literally has loaned his wheel out. A sheep doesn't have a a wheel of his own. It's sheepish. That's why that word sheepish came from the character of a sheep. They are sheepish. They are shy. They are meek. They are lowly. They are humble. They don't move anywhere. They are waiting for a shepherd to direct them. But we have our wheels. We have our choices to make. We have our strong wheels and our opinions about things. We have our intelligence. We have our understandings about life. And then the difference also between the shepherd that is human and his sheep, all right? The shepherd, that human shepherd, and our own shepherd is that he does not have a phone. We can't see him. He can't slap us in the face <laughs> and say, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? I'm telling you to go this way. You're not know, going there. Come and move here. You see, he cannot do that with us. He does not have John phone. John chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says that no man has seen God at any time. But he says, the Son of God, of the only begotten of the Father, in his bosom he said he had declared him and so how exactly does this shepherd lead us his sheep you see the only way we can be shepherded is by relinquishing our rights to our own wills because for a sheep his will is inconsequential whatever the shepherd says he does he doesn't question it but for us we have a will we have our intelligence that comes and rises up and says how will you tell me to, to, to leave my job when I'm just a month away from getting married does that make sense? I'm sorry, I cannot do this because you see, my intelligence rises up to defend my position against the instruction of God. My intelligence, my mind, my understanding trust him along with all your heart lean on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, he will direct your path you have to stop leaning on your own understanding your understanding does not have the capacity to bear the weight of your destiny you you, you need to stop leaning on your understanding that's what a sheep does not have a problem with does not have an understanding to start with, and so the only understanding that he has is the understanding of his shepherd. And so you see, the sheep is easily led because of his nature of meekness and sheepishness. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, how exactly does this our shepherd who does not follow? How does he lead us? Who are so obstinate and stiff-necked, we have our own understanding, we have our own views. we have our own opinions. We have our own ideas about how things run. We have our own understanding. How exactly does this ship shepherd us? Let's go to John chapter 10. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you blessed already? Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. John chapter 10 is a classic about the shepherd nature of Jesus Christ, our amen. good shepherd. John chapter 1, we're going to be reading quickly. All right. Almost the entire thing. So, um, amen you ready to do some Bible reading with me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the potter net, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his name, right, or he calls his, his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Woo! And a stranger they will not follow because you see, but they will flee from him for they know not the voice of the stranger. You see that? The instrument God uses to lead his own sheep, which we are, is not his phone, but his voice. His voice. So if you see somebody that looks like God but not have the voice of God, he's not God. If you see somebody that sounds like God, (laughs) but you see the voice is different. You see, how they teach you to understand and recognize original notes is not by teaching you how to recognize the fake. Mm. It's by getting you so familiar with the original that once a fake shows up, you know the difference. Mm. That's how you get to recognize. It's not by spending all the time trying to understand all the fake currencies in the world. Understand the original. Stick with the original. Get familiar with the original. Once a fake enters, in get into your space. You recognize it quickly because you are so familiar with your voice of the shepherd. The voice of your own shepherd. And so when a stranger shows up, you recognize it. So it says, this Bible spoke Jesus unto them, but he understood not what the things he was saying. Then Jesus said unto them again, very, very, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. So Jesus is not just the shepherd, he's also the door. Amen. <laughs> you see, he serves in the capacity as a door. For the purpose of salvation. Alright. But that's not the focus of our contemplation this morning. All that ever came before me. Are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Hallelujah. I am the door. By me if any man enter him. He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd who's own the sheep or not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. And so you realize here that there is a shepherd there is a sheepfold there is the hireling but do you realize eventually that there is also a wolf. And then of course there is a thief and a robber. <laughs> Praise God. Mm-hmm. It says the island fleet because it is an island and cared not for the sheep. You see, there are a lot of leaders of spiritual people who are islands. They are not wolves, they are highlings. Who are highlings? Highlings are those who are not so keen on the welfare and interests of those people to the degree of inconvenience. Mm. So, yeah, they will care for them because it's their job. They will teach, yeah, some things. But they won't go as far as a shepherd will go. And the first sight of the world, they run for their life. So, they, they are the pastors who live without the conviction of a shepherd. Who live without the love of a shepherd, without the, the care and concern of a shepherd. And those are hirelings They're not necessarily evil, but they, they have a weak conscience. They have a weak conviction in their hearts. There is nothing that is driving them to do this job. Done. oh well, I get my pay at the end of the month. And I get some, you know, seeds thrown in my direction from time to time. And so as long as their bellies are getting fast, they are fine. But there, is, there are also wolves. Wolves, their primary aim is to scatter the sheep. Those wolves And it's amazing how, you see, there are wolves in and around us, especially in our time and day. Anyone you see who makes his ministry primarily about accusation of other shepherds is a wolf. I'm going to say that again. Anyone who you see that centers his entire ministry around accusations to other shepherds is a wolf. Their primary aim. You see, they come out trying to oppose a nature of we are the sheep association. We are the president of the sheep association protecting the interests of other sheep around the world. And their aim or their pathway, their approach in protecting other sheep is by attacking shepherds. Jesus already said it, wolves should strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. In the mind of every other gullible sheep, this is our activist. This is our spiritual advocate. He's the one telling the world how we should stop paying tithe, how we should stop doing this, and accusing the shepherds. But guess what, the Bible already exposes the identity of such people. They are wolves. They are attacking sheep, or they are attacking shepherds, in a way to get across to the sheep. And Bible says, when the wolves come oh we've not gotten there but he says when the wolves come oh it's there it's actually there verse 12. he says and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep the hiring fleeth because he's a hiring and care not for the sheep i am the good shepherd and know my sheep and i'm known of mine the hiring is not a wolf but you see having a hiring shepherd is as good as not having anything because when the wolf comes there is no shepherd to stand in between you and the threat. A good shepherd standing between you and the threat. That's what a good shepherd does. All right. And so he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I my Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And all the sheep I have, which are not of this fold, talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, All right. them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loved me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. No man take it from me. But I laid down of myself and I have the power to lay down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Verse 27 again says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so we see here that God does not lead his sheep. The shepherd God does not lead his sheep with his form. No man has seen God at any time. God is spirit. He doesn't have the form that you have. And so he cannot slap you in the face and say, move in the right direction when you're moving left. He doesn't know how to do that. He, 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 he shepherds you with his voice. And the more familiar you are with the voice of your true shepherd, the more the insurance against highlings and wolves. The, the insurance you have against strangers is the familiarity you have with the voice of your shepherd. Because if you are not familiar with your shepherd, when you hear the voice of a stranger, you follow. And so that is why some hirelings and some wolves are having congregations packed out. And all they are doing is feeding those people with things that are less the quality of God's word. Because you see, those people that are packing in there are not familiar with God's word. And so when they hear things that sound like God's word, but it's not God's word, they move in that direction. And that is them not recognizing the voice of their shepherd and following the voice of a stranger. What is the voice of your shepherd? Hebrews chapter 1. From verse 1. The Bible says God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past through the prophets. And so the way God shepherded the children of Israel in in that day was through shepherds or rather through prophets and pastors and leaders who will come and tell you what God is saying per time. And so when when the king is having a problem or an issue, you see you see uh, someone who does come and say, is there, not a, is there not a prophet in this area? How can you be sick? And then you don't know whether you're going to die of it or not. And so go and ask if there's a prophet around and ask them, is this sickness going to be unto death? Or will it not be unto death? You Are going to go to, to, to battle or to war? And then you want to know, am I going to... Go out victorious or am I going to be defeated? Let me know before I am back on this journey. And so because of all those kind of big massive, you know, decisions in their life, they go asking for a prophet who God used as his voice in the Old Testament. To speak to them his mind. The Bible says he used them for that dispensation. But in this last days, he speaks expressly by his son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, even in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upon all things by the word of his power. Revelation chapter 19, verse 13. The Bible says he had his vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That is the voice of the shepherd. Hallelujah. That is the voice of the true shepherd. The more familiar you are with the voice of your shepherd, the better the assurance against strangers, islands, and wolves. So the problem with any church system in any country in the world is never really the the islands. It's never really the wolves. It's the inability and the lack of commitment of the sheep in getting familiar with the voice of their shepherd. They are the ones that are empowering the wolves, empowering the islands. Are you familiar with the voice of your shepherd? When you hear the voice of a stranger, do you listen or do you turn your back? So they will come and tell you, that is not the wife you should marry. This is not the husband for you. This is not the big thing you should go into. And you say, okay, yes. Yes, the prophet has spoken. Come on now. He chose to speak in the time past through the prophets. But in these last days, signified by the coming of the Holy Ghost in Pentecost, it signified the beginning of the last days. He speaks expressly by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. And so, how familiar are you with this thing? That's the voice of your shepherd. You see, it is by the voice of your shepherd he provides for you. It is by the voice of your shepherd he protects you. It is by the voice of your shepherd he guides you. It is by the voice of your shepherd he leads you. It is by the, the voice of your shepherd he nurtures you. Those are the functions of a shepherd. God does not know how to provide all the infrastructure that he has in store for you apart from his voice. You see, when a physical shepherd wants to provide for his sheep, he has to be there physically. And he provides it. And he provides it. He gives them food. He leads them to bring pastures. How God does that for you is by his voice, which is his word. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He protects you with his word. Psalms chapter 125, they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, that cannot be removed, that abide forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does He surround the people that trust in him from now and forever. That is how he protects those that are inside his sick mm-hmm. They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High mm-hmm. shall abide. Under the shadow of the Almighty. And so, to the degree that I'm familiar with His voice, it is to that degree I can receive access to the infrastructure and the demands that I have. That the demand for security, the demand for protection, the demand for guidance is in that same space of familiarity with His voice, which is His Word. So, God cannot protect you any more than, you see, your familiarity with His Word affords. Your familiarity with His Word cannot afford that grade of protection. You don't have the protection. Mm -hmm. If if you see your familiarity with His Word cannot afford that grade of nourishment and guidance and leadership and provision, you don't have it. And that is why you want, because your revelation of the shepherd nature of God, as contained in the capsule of His Word, is not strong enough. And so the feedback in your reality is that you lack you lack protection, you lack nourishment, you lack all of those things, because you don't understand the capacity of God to shepherd you by his voice. And so, the sheep that know not the voice of God their shepherd, become victims of their lack of familiarity. And so when the shepherd says, come, 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 you say, okay, that's my shepherd, that's my shepherd. No, that's not your shepherd! Your shepherd leads you not with a form of godliness. Mm -hmm. He leads you with his voice. And that voice is the voice of his word. Because that word is his son. Mm -hmm. No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten of the father, who dwells in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So we know the father via the voice of his son, which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so he protects you with his word. That dwell in the secret place of the most high. Shall abide under like the shadow of the Almighty. He provides for you with His word. Exodus 23, verse 25. He says, Now you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Your bread and your water. And then he will take every Egyptian sickness. He will take every sickness away from the midst of you. Hallelujah. He tells you all of that. He tells you how that by his strength you were healed. And if you are healed, you eat healed. Amen. Praise God if you were healed then you are healed you is healed and you continue to be healed because you see the lord has already taken sickness away from you. praise the name of the lord how you gain access into that you see that need or that demand or that requirement you see is by your understanding of the voice of the word concerning that situation Hallelujah. you see that exodus 23 25 deals with your with your with your provision how does he guide you chapter 32 verse 8 the Bible says, i will instruct you. Uh-huh. And I will guide you. And I will teach you the way that thou used let go. He says, mm-hmm. I will guide you with my eyes. Mm-hmm. I will guide you with my eyes. Where we now shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed therewith according to the word of God. That's how he guides you into paths. That is so exciting. You see, to the degree you have God's word in your heart, every situation you find yourself in, a word will pop up. A word will pop up. A word will just pop up and guide you. That's his eyes. He will guide you with his eyes. Can you see the eyes of God? It is his word. You see, he will guide you with his eyes. He will guide you with his eyes. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6. Then if you go to Isaiah chapter 14 verse 11, you saw he nurtures you. The Bible says he will he will gather you like he will feed you like the like shepherd feeds the flock he will feed you like the shepherd feeds the flock he says he will gather you with his great arm he says he will carry you in his bosom and he says those that are with young he will lead them gently so you see the the intricate and detailed nature of the shepherd in over your life he knows your name remember what we read in John chapter ten he knows your name he knows your condition. He knows your situation. He knows you you intricately. He knows you better than you could ever know yourself. You see, the shepherd doesn't just know the sheep. He knows the sheep's name. He knows the sheep's birth date. He knows the sheep's birth date. He knows the sheep that is on its period. He knows the sheep that is carrying that is carrying a two-month-old pregnancy. He, He knows that he will not lead that one the way he's leading the one that is strong enough that can move fast. Remember how Jacob told his son. He said, sorry, I, I cannot move at the same place with you. Mm. Some of my guys have pregnancy. They, 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 they're with young. Mm. And they can't move as quickly. And some other lands are young. how particular God is. Yeah. So when it comes to your life, he knows you. He knows your personality type. He knows the way you can receive the feedback. He knows how you can receive the instruction. He knows you. He knows you. And the challenge a lot of times is that we don't know that God knows us. We think we are informing God about something he didn't know about us. When we pray, That God. It's like you don't know that they brought the rent bill. It's like you don't know that I have to pay my children's fees. See, worry is an insult to God. Faith is a compliment to him. It's a compliment. One of God's greatest needs is the need to believe it. There's only one need in the life of God. It's the need... To be believed. God cannot believe himself. He is who he is all by himself. But he just the Bible says his eyes run to and fro the earth looking for the man that he can show himself powerful on his behalf. Do you understand that? He needs you to believe him. Hallelujah. He needs you to just believe in his capacity to bless you, his capacity to protect you, his capacity to provide for you, his capacity to lead you, to guide you, to nurture you, to give you an expected end. He he needs you to believe it. 1 Peter chapter 5, from verse 7. He says, cast all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. He cares for you. You know, it's amazing. There are two types of caring. You can care about and you can care for. You see, you and God can care about each other. But only one of you can care for each other. Mm. (laughs) Only one of you can care for the other. Only one of you. You can't care for God. <laughs> Sorry. You can't care for him. <laughs> you will crash under the weight of 0.001% of his needs. You will crash under that pressure. You see, you can't care for God. But you can't care about him. You care about his feelings, his emotions. You please him. You love him. But you can't care for him. You, me and my wife, in that sense, for example, we have a load to carry. We both can be carrying the load at the same time your care almost with a reckless abandon Mm. cast your cares upon him Uh for he cares for you Mm. if he's caring for you you can't be caring for yourself when he's caring for you Mm. so when you're caring for yourself he says okay go ahead and keep caring when you're done caring then i'm gonna get into the system and start caring you cast it on him It's a compliment to him you are telling him thank you sir you are complimenting him you are complimenting his capacity to care for you when you do not worry and you are anxious Just trust the Lord with all your heart. It's a compliment. And when you get into worry and anxiety, it's an insult. Insultism. Say, God, you don't have the capacity. You need an assistance here. Let me assist you in caring for me. No. See, after these things do the Gentiles seek. But you seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. God will care for you much more than you could ever care for yourself. And the funny thing about that scripture in 1st Peter chapter 5 is that from verse 6, the Bible says, Humble yourselves on that mighty hand of the Lord, and He will lift you in due time. And what is the greatest advantage of a sheep? It's their humility, their meekness, their sheepishness. It says, Humble yourself on the mighty hand of the Lord, He will lift you in due time. Cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, verse 8, and be Your adversary, the devil, going about like a roaring seeking whom in the divorce? the advantage of the sheep is not his strength it is his meekness mm. the lion is coming it's not easy, if he meet a lion in you he will defeat you he mm. must meet a, a sheep in you he must meet a meek sheep in you because you see, it is in that dynamic relationship of your meekness with the strength of God's shepherd woo, of God's shepherd nature over you, that he guides you and protects you against the threats of the wolves and the enemy. Because if you are saying, Yes, I can take care of myself, you are in harm's way. You will become a prey to the predator. But once you say, You know what? I humble myself under the hand of the Lord. I'm not going to care for myself. I'm going to cast all my cares upon him. Even when the enemy is coming like a roaring lion, he has to go through God to get to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he has to go through your shepherd yeah. to get to you. So I, I can assure you that I have not believed God enough. Mm. That's, it's a fact. I have not believed God enough. I've not understood the capacity of His shepherd nature enough. And that's the entire idea about this series. To get you into that space, where you are understanding more and more the shepherd nature of God. The fact that he can take care of you better than he can take care of yourself. The fact that, you see, when you worry and you're anxious, you're insulting God. And when you cast all your cares upon him, you're giving him a compliment. And he's like, awesome, awesome, I've been waiting for you to do that. He wants to care for you. Both of you can care about each other, but only one of you can care for the other. Only one of you can care for each other, I mean for the other. He alone can care for you. You can't care for him, but he can care for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There are three things understanding the separate nature of God will provide and produce in your life. The first attitude you to you produce in your life is the understanding that anything your shepherd will not give you, you will not jostle for. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a sheep trying to take care of itself? Anything your shepherd will not give you, you shouldn't jostle for it. Several years before he eventually became king, he was anointed king. But you see, because he understood that the Lord was a shepherd, even when he had that chance to annihilate his competitor, in quotes. He didn't touch him. David's speaking now. He didn't touch him because he understood that the Lord is my shepherd. Anything he will not give me, I don't want. Anything he will not give me at the right time of his own decision making, I'm not willing to jostle for it. And so, this hustle life, hustle life, using your faith to hustle. <laughs> your faith is not to hustle. i'm is my faith to believe for. So Okay, I believe for this one. Okay, good. Let me hustle for the next one. Come on come on now, trust in him, he knows your needs, your father knoweth that you have need of these things, he knows your needs, and so whatever it is that he will not provide for you at his own time, he will not just so far, he will bring it to you, when they even came and asked him to, to be their king, he said are you sure about this, <laughs> he didn't rush and said I've been waiting for this all my life, come on anoint me, I've been waiting for this, 13 years, I've been waiting for this, no, he said are you sure about this, I said I've waited 13 years, I can wait, a- I can wait much longer. I'm not going to fight for anything. God is not bringing my way. You see that? And it's important you understand that. We'll talk about the next two things next week by God's praise. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Are you blessed in service this morning? Yes. We need to understand that God is your shepherd. We are still on the first praise of Psalm 23 verse 1. It's a long journey ahead of us. Praise the name of the Lord. The Lord is indeed our shepherd. And we shall not want. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you adoration. You are good. And there is no one else like you. Thank you, Father, for revealing to us the shepherd nature of your person. Thank you for revealing to us your commitment and devotion to us, your sheep. Father, we give you thanks. We give you glory. As we have received your word today, let it be established in our hearts. That understanding. And Lord, let it produce effects that would ensure in our lives that we do not want anything good in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Bana. This is not the word that will just excite us. This is the word that we will apply. Wow! What a word! For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.